In the moment, June 16, 1995, Budapest, Hungary is the scene of the 104th IOC session. From the sound and image archives of Around the Rings, In the Moment presents a slice from thousands of hours of recordings gathered across nearly 30 years of Olympic coverage. I'm your host, Ed Hula. In the Moment, June 16, 1995. 25 years ago this week, the IOC session in Budapest, Hungary, made its choice for the 2002 Winter Olympics. Salt Lake City, Ostersund, Sweden, Sion in Switzerland, and Quebec City in Canada were the finalists. IOC President Juan Antonio Samranch made the announcement. Well, the International Olympic Committee has decided to award the organization of the 19th Olympic Winter Games in 2002 to the city of Salt Lake City. It was Salt Lake City's second try in a row to land the Winter Olympics. This time, the Utah capital was a first-round winner. A few minutes after the announcement, members of the Salt Lake City bid team assembled to take questions from the media. Among the speakers at the press conference, IOC members Anita de France and Jim Easton. Alpine skier Peekaboo Street was on the panel, along with USOC President Dr. Leroy Walker and Salt Lake City Mayor Didi Corradini. I posed the first question to bid chair Frank Jocklick. What made the difference this time around for Salt Lake City? Is there anything, anything special you can put your finger on that made it such a convincing victory for you this time around? Not even close. Well, I have to admit that we weren't expecting uh, quite the uh, rapid um, result that came, and we are very, very happy about that, very gratified. I think um, when you say what made the difference, difference I presume to the last time around when we lost narrowly to Nagano four years ago. I think, uh, I think it was a recognition, I presume it was a recognition by members of the International Olympic Committee that we were indeed uh, well prepared, that we had accomplished something in the way of building these sports facilities. and. Um, these, uh, quite a few of these facilities are operating already and um, are being put to use by our athletes and um, also being used, have been used and are being used by athletes from visiting countries. I think that's one factor. And the other one is I think that we were much more of a known quantity this time than we were the last time. That I think that uh, the uh, many, many functions, the meetings, the uh, sporting events that we've attended in the last four years, which were also attended by IOC members, where we had an opportunity to talk with them, present ourselves to them properly, I think that made a di- difference. I think they felt a lot more comfortable with us this time. That is, that is my supposition. Do you have anything to add to that from the athlete's point of view, uh, Peekaboo? Um, I, I just came on supporting the bid. I've been supporting it all along, but being hands-on, um, it hasn't been that long for me. And um, I came in, did my homework real quick on, on what Salt Lake had to offer the world. And um, I think really we are a, a country that welcomes the world with open arms. And from an athlete's perspective, that's extremely warming and um, very inviting. And I think that um, being an IOC member was difficult today, making the decision. Um, but I'm sure you all know uh, that we won in the first round for the first time in history, and I'm glad to be breaking records on the slopes and 
being on a team like this that's breaking records also. <laughs> Please. Well. <laughs> Not positive, but it's, it's I'm pretty us. sure. I, I can assure you. It might be the first time the first for the US. First time for Salt Lake City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been Mexico, but we're not clear on it. But it was that long ago, at yeah. least, uh, when Mexico City won. But again, we're not positive about that. Anita, yes. Anita, do you have other insights for, you know, as far as the question is concerned, what made the difference this time? I think I, I second all that was said, and uh, at the risk of having someone a little, a certain city a little mad at me, uh, last time we were bidding against the winter cities and one summer city that had already won. This time we were just bidding against the three winter cities, and I think uh, that made it easier for people to look at what Salt Lake City offered. Uh, I think last time some of our members were thinking a bit about uh, Atlanta, and this time uh, they were thinking only about the four cities that were bidding for the 2002 games. All right. Congratulations. Frank, I, want, I wanted to add a, a point to that. Please do, Dr. Walker. To Ed's uh, question. Uh, Ed, I think another thing that has made the difference is it's very expensive put on Olympic Games. And we've talked about this before in terms of how the IOC members would look at how you use the games to contribute to the Olympic movement, not just the 16 days of glory of the Olympic Games. And Salt Lake City, since the previous um, uh, voting, has added so many facilities. It had thousands of individuals already competing. They've had international competitions. And so that, what we call facility legacy and the event legacy, and then the continuum on that long after the games are over and all the teams have gone back home uh, and things have settled down, youth will still be utilizing and athletes will still be utilizing those facilities. That makes a big difference in terms of the Olympic movement itself. And I believe as IOC members are looking at that, how that continuum will, can, will make a big difference over in our particular hemisphere and for other international teams that we'll bring in that can still use our great facilities it means that the expenditure of great facilities and a great labor of love uh, have really not been in vain. And I think uh, that too had some uh, bearing on the fact that let's go with a city that is going to see that all three of those legacies are actually uh, implemented and enhanced. Please. I'd like to follow up on that point, Dr. Walker. Does that, does that put cities at a disadvantage if they can't afford to, to build the facilities if they don't know they're going to get the games? The does city? It, does it give an advantage to a rich city that can afford to build the facilities and, and be able to sustain them without having the games? Well, I just finished talking to the Canadian group, uh, Ann Laren, uh, and we have great relationships with uh, Canada. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I said to several of the uh, other three cities, two of them at least, that even they could leave saying we, quote, lost this particular uh, bid because only gold medals are given and not silver and bronze, uh, that whatever they're doing is going to make a difference in those countries and a difference in those communities for whatever facilities are already there. And almost every one of them have already built some facilities to, in, 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 to move along in the programmatic effort. 
So you, you have to be an optimist. Uh, otherwise, you won't put the effort in that this labor of love has been for Salt Lake City. You have to believe in what you are doing. And if you do, you'll build some of those things. You will create the expenses for them because you know it's going to be good for your region and for your country uh, and for the uh, athletes that will come from the rest of the world. So that legacy is there. And you have to believe that it's going to make a difference. And therefore, you do whatever is required in order to build facilities for that purpose. Please. Mr. France, could you give us some uh, insight into the dynamics at play in the voting among your colleagues that would have produced such an overwhelming uh, showing for Salt Lake today? I wish I could. <laughs> I think it was a matter of the people, because when it comes down to it, it's people. Uh, the, the athletes are people. We know that we as IOC members are responsible to the athletes to make sure that they have the best possible opportunity, so we have to learn to trust the people who we give the responsibility of hosting the games. So I believe over time it was the people-to-people -people contact. Uh, the group you see in front of you is a percentage of those who were uh, a part of convincing ILC members that Salt Lake City was worthy, as well as the facilities, but it's about people and uh, being able to know and trust. Let me just say that uh, we tremendously appreciated the support of the two International Olympic Committee members from the United States, Anita and Jim Easton. Frank, I'd just like to say with regard to the two uh, IOC members, I suspect that most of the members uh, of our delegation as the IOC members walked into the room, were studying their faces to see if there was any hint of what might have come about. And I just want to say that I never want to play poker with Anita DeFrance or Jim Easton based on what I saw. I was worried. Uh, I do have to add that, remember, until the president opens the envelope, only the people who counted the voter votes, the three scrutineers, truly know. I was somewhat comfortable when we knew it was the first round, but until it's read, uh, it's premature to celebrate, <laughs> in fairness. You, um, you always refuse to acknowledge the role of favorites in the, last, in the last few days. Did you know you were going to win in your, in your heart? The question was, did, did we know we were going to win? Did you did you, yeah, secretly, did you sort of always think you were going to win? Well, you know, first of all, throughout our campaign, we've never acknowledged, acknowledged that we were the favorite. We always assumed that um, our three competitors, all of whom we felt had good bids, also considered themselves as the favorite. Furthermore, we realized that being branded the favorite wasn't a very enviable position to be in. Our own feelings, I think, were really those of quiet confidence. We just worked as hard as we could, prepared as well as we could, and thought our main objective was that when it came to the vote today, we'd never have to say, we wish we'd worked harder or done things differently, just that we'd given it our best shot, win or lose. Please. Yeah. I'd like to know um, if Frank or Tom are planning to continue on um, in the footsteps of Billy Payne and run the organizing committee. If um, so, what's first on the agenda once you get back to Salt Lake besides partying? The um, situation regarding that is this. We've just won the bid, and that's what we've been working towards. Tom, for 10 years, and uh, 
me, I guess, for six years or so, and uh, most of the members on this, the people on this uh, podium here, just just as long or even longer. Um, the bid committee is going to be the organizing committee. Uh, it's going to be expanded. It's going to be reorganized to some extent. But for us at this stage to comment about uh, individual positions and so on, I think would be premature. I think we plan to take uh, a little well earned rest and then set about in a deliberate way to planning the program for the next seven years through 2002. Uh, Mr. Easton, or perhaps Ms. DeFrance, I'm just wondering how the members of the committee reacted to the demonstration on the bridge this morning by the Salt Lake City people. Was there any discussion of it? Anita, want me to answer that? I, I was uh, obviously on one of the buses, and uh, I think uh, there was uh, no talk about it that I heard afterwards, uh, after we arrived at the, uh, at the center. But I think people were quite pleased to see that, and they made some uh, very positive comments about it. They knew it was Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Let's go party. Mm -hmm. Before Thank you, do, you very much. One, oh, yeah. one more. I'd just like to ask you two, Mr. Jocklick and Mr. Welch, the last time you felt this sort of satisfaction in your lives, I guess. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Clinical answer required. You better. You evaded me on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of rewarding experiences as as we've uh, traveled the path of the Olympic journey. And there are a lot more ahead uh, for our citizens and the people in the state of Utah. Uh, this, this is just a beginning. And uh, what a beginning. Tom, I'd just, I'd just like to say that uh, in talking to the IOC members uh, during our long wait between the first vote and when we went out, uh, the thing that they said, though, was, was so complimentary about the committee you have here. They said they were friendly, they were kind, and they weren't pushy, and that was a major factor, I think, in uh, winning this bid. So I think you should really give them a hand. There is a question. Uh, Mayor Corradini, uh, what does this mean, what does this victory mean for Salt Lake City? I think it's a very, very proud moment for our city and for our state. Uh, we, winning in the first round, uh, I never dreamed would happen, uh, but what it says to me is that it speaks of the quality and the excellence that we think we have as a city and as a state, but this is confirming it from the rest of the world. Uh, I feel as though, I feel like the climber who's made the top of Mount Everest today. It's been a long, hard climb. Uh, my husband and I, as everybody up here has been, in, not everybody, but many of us up here have been involved for six years. And there have been some very high, high points and some very low, low points along the way. We've met a lot of great friends uh, along the way, but to reach that peak is one of the most exciting moments of my life. And I think our city and our state can be truly, truly proud. Last question, Wendy. 
Um, I'm sorry if I'm repeating a question that's already been given. I came in late, but Mr. Easton mentioned that the IOC members mentioned one of the good things was Salt Lake wasn't pushy. Was that a purposeful strategy then on the bid committee's part? I mean, was it fair to say that you knew that coming into Budapest you had nothing to lose, um, that you could only lose votes that you already had, so you had to try and stay low-key, stay out of the news as much as possible, things like that? Was that a purposeful strategy? Well, the answer to that question is I think we just are not, by nature, pushy people. I think that goes uh, down. Uh, I'd like to conclude it now. Thank you very much for attendance here. And I'm glad that we can definitively answer the question that was raised this morning at the press conference. We definitely will not be bidding for 2006. In the moment, June 16, 1995, in Budapest, Hungary, where Salt Lake City celebrated its victory as the host of the 2002 Olympic Winter Games. The joy would turn into much anguish three years later when it was revealed Salt Lake City bidders spent thousands on gifts and an array of perks for IOC members. The scandal led to resignations and reprimands for a dozen plus IOC members and it forced significant changes to the way bid cities would be selected. Despite the scandal, Salt Lake City was able to regain its footing under new leadership. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee has designated Salt Lake City as its nominee for the next Winter Olympic bid from the U.S. 2030 is the earliest possible date. In the Moment is produced from the archives of Around the Rings. I'm your host, Ed Hula. For nearly 30 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.